ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Hey Fidelity, how can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Coming up, Lab and I talk about the tour's big finish, Dustin Johnson's Player of the Year performance, and favorites for next week's U.S. Open. Welcome to the Golf Channel podcast presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim Driver. The driver head was in need of a drastic change in order to provide more performance, so TaylorMade changed the shape altogether with their new Sim Driver, which allowed them to make it fast and forgiving for every golfer needs it in the downswing. Pros love the new shape, but the biggest reason TaylorMade changed the shape was to help make you into a better golfer. Check out TaylorMadeGolf.com for more information on the all-new Sim family. Lab, it's good to see you. Uh, we will see each other face-to-face, believe it or not, next week at the U.S. Masks Open. On. With it mask on. Uh, not sharing a rental car, which is kind of the rules. However, before we get to the U.S. Open, and that's obviously what we want to talk about, having been at East Lake, I think I just shared my sh- thoughts with you, and it's thoughts that I have shared throughout the season, that being on site at tour events is simply not a lot of fun because there's not a lot of buzz. There's not much going on. It seems like you're just walking around an empty golf course, which is exactly what's happening. Watching from home though, I'm fascinated by the idea that like, like I brought up before, I mean, I watched a football game last night when I was on my way home, I watched Navy get blown out by BYU. I was still interested. I was still entertained by it, but I can imagine if you're at that football game, it doesn't feel the same, but does it feel the same as at home? You know, I thought the Tour Championship was a little bit more snoozy than, than say, the PGA Championship, but I also think that was a, a byproduct of the leaderboard that we had. Got to remember, Sunday at the PGA Championship, which was kind of this, this test run of, of, yes, a regular PGA Tour event may feel different, but how's it going to be at a major? Watching from home at, at the action at TPC Harding Park, and you had nine players share the lead at some point on, on Sunday, it really didn't seem all that much different. Yes, you, you missed – probably the explosion of cheers that we would have heard with Morikawa shot on 16 or chipping on 14. But overall, the TV product wasn't all that much different. The tour championship felt different just in the sense that for a lot of the, of the tournament and, and even probably halfway through the final round on Monday, the, the outcome was very much not in doubt, right? Like DJ was just cruising along with, with five shots. There was, wasn't a whole lot of guys making a run at him. And then it got, I thought, surprisingly tense on the back nine with, with DJ making some mistakes. And he had some charges from Xander Shoffley and Justin Thomas. And all of a sudden, Dustin Johnson's leading by only two shots with, with six holes to play. And so I, I can imagine that on the grounds, um, you probably had a, a hard time mustering any enthusiasm. But over the last six, seven, nine, nine holes, I actually thought he was pretty good 
drama and theater, even, even without the spectators in attendance. And I think to your point, it, well, this is kind of a twofold thing. One, Labor Day seems like an odd time for golf to play. I mean, I think we can all agree with that. There's a lot going, going on even, even now. Even during the pandemic. Pandemic and yeah, it's, it's, it's a busy time on the calendar. And so I, I think if you factor in that and the idea that Dustin Johnson, who look, I, I, and I want to give complete respect and a monsoon of respect to Dustin Johnson, because he was exactly one shot away from a perfect postseason. And if you think about that, that's amazing. So he lost a playoff to John Rahm at the BMW championship. Which, a 60 so he, footer. On a 66 footer. Exactly. So had he been exactly one shot better, he would have been perfect. He would have been three for three. And it's hard to beat that. I mean, it's almost impossible to beat that. So there is no debating whether or not he should be the FedEx Cup champion, at least in my mind. He, he played by far the best in the playoffs, and he should enjoy this and the $15 million and everything else that comes along with it. That being said, Labor Day is an awkward weekend for golf. Uh, I think the fact that there's are no, there are no fans on property. I actually took a picture yesterday afternoon as the leaders were coming up 18. And I compared that to the picture from two years ago when Tiger was coming up 18. And look, complete justification here. It's a different time and it's a different champion, but the differences were stark. I mean, it went from being pandemonium and probably one of the coolest scenes in golf we've seen in a long time to, I think your word was a snoozer, but I just think it almost looked like a random Monday afternoon at any golf course that you'd be playing. And I think that's hard to wrap your mind around. I know there was a lot on the line. I know we're going to talk about player of the year and again, $15 million and the idea that this was the one thing missing from Dustin Johnson's legacy. And I will give him complete credit for, look, this was important to him. If you go back to March before the pandemic, before everything came to a screeching halt, he announced he was not going to play the Olympics because he wanted to focus on the playoffs. And this was something that was important to him to get done before the end of his career. And so I would give him complete credit. And if you sort of look at the ebb and flow of his career, what he has done since the restart is a microcosm of what of Dustin being Dustin, that he has these extreme highs and these extreme lows. And just go back a couple of weeks to him shooting back-to-back 80s at Memorial, and then I think it was, I believe, a 78, and then a withdrawal at the 3M Open. Dustin, uh, Justin Thomas was paired with him at the Memorial and said, man, I have never seen him hit it worse. Like, he was playing awful. And for him to somehow flip a switch – and to work his way through it. And again, it's, it's worth leaning into one more time. Exactly one shot away from being perfect in the playoffs. I think that is worth pointing out that it was a wildly impressive performance given everything that we've been through. That all said, the second year of stroke space, the fact that I know everyone on, on social media is going to point it out. Xander Schauffele actually won that event. Convincingly so, if we just did it on straight scores. All that being said, I will say that the tour still has to be given some credit for no other reason than just getting to Eastlake. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to digest there with that with that uh, three minute long rant. Uh, I'll bring up I'll bring up. I wasn't one done point, though, by you, the way. Do you want me to I, know, I know exactly. You're, you're just kind of tired out. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. DJ got got beat by one shot in the playoffs with that John Rom 66 footer. You could also make the argument, and it would be accurate to do so, that. Over the past month and a half, Dustin Johnson has been beaten by two players. One of those players, Colin Morikawa, drove a par four and made eagle to win by two at the PGA Championship. And then John Rahm made the impossible 66-footer to beat him uh, at Olympia Fields. Those are the only two players over the past month and a half that have beaten Dustin Johnson. It's just an incredible run of golf. And, and, and you're right about, you know, there's, there's still some, some bickering and some, some hand-wringing on, on social media about 
uh, how the, the net and gross tour championship would have played out. And I think I'm actually sold on the format now. I think I thought last year, thought last year was pretty good. Yeah. But I, I think I am. And I think it would be more widely accepted if they just made the simple decision to rename it the FedEx cup championship. The reason why I think that's important is because this is the culmination of a season long race. I understand they're trying to make the tour championship as compelling as possible. And that this is the way that, that you can still give all 30 players in the field, a theoretical chance, but renaming it the FedEx cup championship kind of reduces the connotation of the tour championship, which has a storied history. And it's, it's gone for, what, 50 years that the PGA Tour has played the Tour Championship. Storied history, great line of winners, but it also has the connotation of being a 72-hole, very serious golf tournament, right? Like, that just sounds, sounds like an important PGA Tour event. Rename it the FedEx Cup Championship, and I don't think anyone would have an issue with this staggered start, start format. Well, I, no, I, I see where you're coming from on that one, and I think a lot of what I have a hard time wrapping my mind around is just the idea that golf and playoffs was never going to be, was never going to work. Right. Like it, it, it's hard to argue that golf could come up with a playoff simply because we know what playoffs look like in other sports in football and baseball and basketball. And you're never going to get the home field advantage. You're never going to get all of those things that go into what make a, the one and done concept of a true playoff. However, that being said, I think they're about as close now, as I don't know, I don't want to say that they're ever going to get, but certainly as close now as they've ever been. And you're right. I, I think renaming it and getting away from the idea either, even of that it's a playoff and just calling it what it is. I mean, these are just three events. It's a three event shootout is really what we've come down to, however you want to phrase it. But I think the, the idea that they try to shoehorn this into something that it wasn't, and they've done a good job of adjusting over the years. I will give them credit because when it started, I mean, you can th go back to v the VJ Singh year when all he had to do was remain upright for 72 holes at Eastlake and he was going to win the FedEx Cup. Nobody wants that. And in some ways, this week was probably not the best case scenario for the PGA Tour. Dustin Johnson taking a five-stroke lead into the final round is probably not what they hoped for. However, you can still make the argument for all the reasons that I just prattled on about for three minutes, as you pointed out, that Dustin Johnson deserved that victory lap. Like, look, he played by far better than anyone else on the entire PGA tour. So yeah, I get what you're saying. I think a couple name changes, a couple more tweaks, but, but I actually do like it. Once you get beyond the idea that, look, we're going to have a net division champion and a gross division champion and the gross division champion is not going to take home much. Yeah. Look, the best player in any sport doesn't, or the best team doesn't always win, right? Like the best NFL team isn't guaranteed to win the Super Bowl. The best NBA team isn't guaranteed to win the, the championship. Dustin Johnson's the first number one seed in the FedEx Cup era to win since, since 2009. I mean, so, you, so you've had a situation where the top player heading into the tour championship, the season finale has not been getting the season long prize. And that doesn't sit well with, with some people, but you, I think it's inarguable that the system is working. The reason I pointed out, this is year two of it last year. You had Brooks Kepka leading by one shot heading into the final round over Roy McElroy. Those were, without a doubt, the two leading protagonists of the 2018-19 season, right? Like, it was, it was Brooks versus Roy, and that was it. And those guys were going head-to-head -head heading into the final round at East Lake. This year, you had Dustin Johnson, who's been playing far and away better than anyone else over the past six weeks, and he was leading by five shots. But on the, on the back nine, he was being chased by Justin Thomas and John Rahm. 
Xander Schauffele was in there as well, who has had a, a nice but not great season. But Justin Thomas, John Rahm, and Dustin Johnson have dominated this golf season, have they not? I mean, those are the, those are the three players who this season has revolved around. So you look at what happened in year one, the two best players all season long. You look what happened in year two, you had the best se- players all season long still battling out, and you're still giving a guy like Xander Schauffele, who started the, final, the, started the, the season finale seven shots back, you're still giving him who would be a semi-long shot, you're still giving him a chance to win, and he almost did. To me, I think this, this system's great. I don't think it's perfect. I think you have the disastrous scenario of a guy who wins 10 times in the Grand Slam during the regular season and comes in there and he loses his two-shot advantage on the first hole. You snipe it, OB left, and a guy makes birdie, and all of a sudden – and all of a sudden, right that, that, that entire season-long advantage. I mean, you, you consider that out. a disaster? I'm all right with that. I, I'm fine with that. Because as you no, just pointed you, out. You want, you want to have the best player all season long win the FedEx Cup. That is without a doubt. You want to have that, and you want to have it be compelling. But you started your conversation saying that the best team does not always win the Super Bowl. We know that to be, be a fact. You should, aspire, you should aspire to have a system that promotes the best chance of having that happen. That is why the best That's teams get That's ignoring sports. No, that, that's the best, te- the best teams in sports get buys, right? This is the this is having a two shot lead is the equivalent of a buy. Sure, or home field advantage, whatever you want to call it. However, even home field advantage or buys do not guarantee that you're going to win the Super Bowl. No, but it gives you a better probability of of winning. Sure, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, if you want to look at the odds, that's fine. But that does not happen year in and year out. We know that. I mean, just history has taught us that. So I, I see what you're saying, but the fact of the matter is we're not going to have that, which is why I argue that this is as close as yes. I can imagine than no them getting to what is a true playoff. I, I want to give some props to all your hard work, which I have not read. I assume it's a good column uh, today on, on uh, golfchannel.com. But you, you did an awards. So give me your best awards outside of PGA Tour Player of the Year because I want to address that separately. All right. So outside of that, you, obviously you have to hand the, the Rookie of the Year award to Scotty Scheffler. Uh, and I was I did was, not win, by the way, did not win. But to Hovland be able to rack up in an opposite field event, of course. Uh, but Scheffler to be oh, able to gosh. rack up seven top tens, 13 top 25s and have the 12th best scoring average on tour while playing courses that he's seeing for the very first time, including a 59 in the playoffs and a fifth place finish overall uh, in the FedEx Cup is is an incredible rookie season. I think the arrow on Scotty Scheffler is, is pointing straight up. It's, it's been an incredible rookie campaign. Only Jordan Spieth uh, finishing the top 10 in the FedEx Cup in his rookie year. So Scotty Scheffler, without a doubt, is the rookie of the year. I, I wish I could give you a hard time about that, but I cannot. Only because Victor Hovland told me uh, last week that, yes, it should be Scotty. Like, even yeah, Victor. Victor Hovland is not dumb. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, no, I mean, I wouldn't say anyone was dumb, but he, he recognized the obvious. Go on. All right, so uh, I did a breakout player of the year. I'm curious, who would you, who would you have put there before I give my answer? Oh, uh, so that does not have to be a rookie, I'm guessing, correct? Correct, breakout. Uh, I guess I would say Brendan Todd in my mind. Ah, see, I put Brendan Todd as my comeback player of the year, which of course There is no, no such thing exists. as a comeback player of the year, exactly, which is going to be my Wednesday column. Everything exists uh, in Monday Scramble, which is uh, going out on a Tuesday. From, so for my breakout player of the year, I, I, choo- I chose Boog, Daniel Berger. Uh, he'd been a forgotten man these last couple of years, but outside, but since the restart and outside of DJ, he's no one's been better than him. I mean, he's had a win three other top threes. Um, and I think you even have a little bit of controversy now with the fact that he's a 13th ranked player in the world. He missed the qualifying cutoff for the masters and there's still some, 
some uh, small sliver of hope that that no, there's not an appeal to the Augusta national no, overlords not. and he's going to be getting into the masters in there November. is no small it's, sliver of hope it's not going to happen but it's he is clinging to that happen. hope he is clinging no to that hope. he's really not he's really not the, the the writers who wrote that story were clinging to hope he is not clinging to that hope Trust yeah, me. it's not going to happen it's not um happen. it really isn't uh storyline to watch for next season what would you say Oh, uh, I mean, we're going into what they call the super season, I believe is what the yes, PGA 50, Tour Yes, 50 event schedule. 50 events, six major championships. So I, I think that would it. Uh, that, that's it. I, and I brought this up a couple of times last week in some radio interviews. So is the Grand Slam all six? Or are we going to call all six a super slam? Uh, are you expecting someone to win four or six of them? Sure, I can play that game right now because it's just fantasy. Who's going to be then? Uh, who's going to win all six? I mean, you, you're, even con- you're, you're even considering the possibility that that's going to happen. I'm an Orioles fan. I consider any possibility before a season has started. Trust me. I mean, I'm, tr- <laughs> I'm used to wrapping my ra- mind around things that aren't going to happen, like Boog getting into the Masters. I, if I had to pick one, I, I think Dustin Johnson is clearly going to be the favorite going into the U.S. Open, and I would imagine the Masters in November. So, Dustin. Oh, Dustin Johnson's going to win all six majors uh, for the Super Slam, I believe, is what you're going to call I, it. I believe you're uh, taking that's... my words out of context, but go on, please. Sure, that's good to know. Uh, so f- for the storyline I said to watch for next season, it's Bryson. He was the most talked about player of this season. No one generated more headlines than Bryson during this season. And I think in some respects, he proved that his bulked-up physique and his bombs-away approach, and don't forget that he was also a top-10 ranked putter on the PJ tour that it was effective. Think about the way that he played. Yes. He's kind of slid back these last three events in the playoffs. Oh my God. We've done this. He was we, the talk we, we, of the we've restart. We've done this. I know. So we, he's we've addressed this. Yes. He can, season. he can redefine the, the game on certain golf courses. What do you think? Like I, I will go head to head with you he right almost now. Won at Harding a, park. That wasn't a golf course that you thought would suit him. He did not almost win at Harding park. I, it, he didn't. He was never seriously. In he wasn't, he wasn't tied for the lead on Sunday. Trust me. Narrated. He was not going he to was. win. He was. He was not going to – narrator. Uh, he was not going to win at Harding Park. And, uh, you and I can make a friendly wager right now about Wingfoot if we want to really get into this. And last week at Eastlake is another example about why even if he's only marginally off on a penal golf course, that's not going to work, at least now. Maybe he figures it out. Maybe this new style evolves into something else that's not only long and powerful but also accurate. But right now he's not there, not in my opinion. The fact of the matter is the last three tournaments he's played, he's, he's really struggled. He hit fewer fairways than anybody uh, over four rounds at Olympia Fields. The very next week at the Tour Championship, he dialed back off the tee because he wasn't comfortable with his driver, and then he had one of his worst putting weeks of the year. So Bryson is not in the best form. I'm not even sure I'd put him as one of my top ten favorites. Uh, but right breakout now player next Open. year. I, I get it. Go ahead. Go, go on. Yep. So, All right. Um, what, would you, what would you put for the disappointment of the year slash season? Uh, Rory, I would probably say, or I, I don't know if I would, I would, I, I, season is a bit much. I, I'm thinking more since the restart. Uh, and, and look, I, having spoken with him last week, I mean, there's a joy in his voice now about being a father that, that all of us can, can appreciate, or at least those of us who are parents can appreciate. And I can understand where his mind was. And it's easier now to put things in context about what he's gone through. But yeah, I mean, because if you look at where he was before March, before everything came to a screeching halt, and he seemed like he was going to be on one of those kind of Rory roles where everything clicks and he wins a major or two and wins the FedEx Cup and Player of the Year. And then once the restart happens, he just didn't have anything. 
And again, justifiably so, I can sit here and make all the arguments, all the right arguments of why I can certainly understand why it didn't happen. But yes, he was certainly disappointing after the restart. Hmm. All right. I could, I can kind of get on board with that and we do have a little bit more context. So I had two, cause that's the, just the kind of negative Nancy that I am. Uh, my first one I thought was obvious and that was Jordan Spieth because we are long past the concern stage with, with Jordan Spieth. You would have thought How with how many seasons the, is he going to be disappointed? With the off season, you would have thought, would you have not? And I'm sure if you roll back the tape from some of the podcasts we did during the pandemic break, that we would have said that this break benefits two players in particular would have thought that it benefited Tiger Woods because he could heal his ailing body and it would benefit Jordan Spieth because he would have three and a half. Okay. So three, three and a half months uninterrupted to work on his game. And the Jordan Spieth that emerged during the restart is still not a very good version of Jordan Spieth. And he finished this season outside the top 90 in strokes gained off the tee approaching the green when he was the number one iron player in 2017 and putting when he also used to be absolutely lights out on the green. It's time for big changes for Jordan Spieth and Jordan Spieth is so far resisted making those changes. I think to, to his detriment, you don't have to sit here and make an argument. I mean, I, I certainly agree with you. My guess is you've made this exact same argument for the last at least two years, maybe three, if I had to guess. So, I mean, I don't know how many times it's like Steve Stricker winning the comeback player of the year in back-to-back years. How many years can we really pin this on Jordan Spieth until we just go, okay, the guy's in a bad spot. Like until he makes those changes that you talk about. And I agree with you a hundred percent. And I'm not in favor of anyone. I mean, when you start talking about swing coaches and caddies and everyone else involved, look, I don't think that this is about jobs being lost. I just think this is about him sitting down and trying to figure out something. He's just got to try something to to switch up the mojo. Sure. But I don't know that a new swing coach or a new caddy is the answer in in this particular case. And I've seen plenty of players where I would make an argument that, yeah, if he spent two weeks with Butch Harmon or whoever the case may be, he could probably do some special stuff. I don't know if that's the case with him in this particular instance, only because what he did under cam, what he did with Greller on the bag was phenomenal. It was once in a lifetime stuff. If you look at that window that he did it in. So I don't know why, what changed over the course that suddenly makes cam and Greller and whoever else in his camp, not the right fit. I, I just don't buy that argument. Tiger Woods played the best golf of anyone in the history of the game. And he still left Butch Harmon. I mean, sometimes you just need to hear something differently. Sometimes you just need to go an opposite direct, a, a different direction in order to, to change or improve your results. I, I mean, it's just, look, he's had Cameron McCormick as his swing coach since age 12. He's achieved things that no one at his age has I'm ever done. Sometimes you just here. need to hear something different. I, I'm really trying to save you from yourself here. How many times do you have to call for someone to be fired before you realize that maybe I shouldn't call for someone to be fired? I'm not calling for him to be fired. Just, just listen exactly to what other you're ideas. Saying. I'm saying that Jordan Spieth, I think, would What does benefit. that even mean, then? Look, the stats are undeniable that he's going in the wrong direction. Uh, the stats are undeniable that he's not playing very, very good golf right now. I keep going back he, to he's the He's going the same in the wrong concept. direction. I, I don't know if wrong direction is the right way to put that. I, again, I would make the argument that what he did with Cam and with Greller and with everyone else on his team was absolutely, again, once-in-a-lifetime stuff. So it's so hard does that for me mean, to go. So does that mean he's, he has to be beholden to them for the rest of his career? No, no. I just will not make the transition that you seem to be making that, okay, Cam has to go, which is what you don't want to say, but you keep insinuating. I'm not saying he has to go. I think it would benefit Spieth to, to be open to other ideas. 
You were so quick to pull the trigger on someone else's job. You, eventually, you're going to learn your lesson on this one. Like, you were so quick to pull the trigger on someone else's job. I think, <laughs> I just think that's, I think that's what he needs right now. I mean, it's been Out of three full years of going the wrong direction in stats. Adam his Hayes is striking, on one, by the way. His, his ball striking is a mess. <laughs> Something needs to change. A three-and-a-half-month break didn't do it. All right. I've had enough of this. But I want to actually get into a draft, which sounds like fun, because you and I had to stop doing fantasy drafts because I don't care and you care too much, and that's a bad combination. But I, I thought – and I'll give Simon credit that he came up with the idea that we should do a draft. But before I wanted to get to that – I wanted to get to the idea that, again, I just made all the arguments why Dustin Johnson is clearly the right FedEx Cup champion. And, look, there's no way you can make the argument that he's not the player of the year. That seems pretty obvious. Can you make an argument that he should not be the player of the year because of the truncated season and the fact that we only played one major championship and that there weren't all these other things that happened? Look, I think the, I think the player of the year race is, is a little bit closer than it, than it seems. I think a lot of the chatter right now is how it's just a slam dunk with with DJ and you look well, at what who, Justin who, Thomas says, I think Justin Thomas JT. is the only other JT is the only other viable candidate. Oh, all right. He has three wins, which includes a WGC event. He has a playoff loss. He has three more top tens than Dustin Johnson does. He was second in strokes gain total when Dustin Johnson was ninth. And he was third in scoring average when Dustin Johnson was eighth. The problem so with Justin for? Thomas, the problem with Justin Thomas's player of the year candidacy is this in the only major championship of the season, he finished 37th when Dustin Johnson held the 54-hole lead and ended up finishing second. And in the first two playoff events, JT also finished outside the top 25 in each of them while Dustin Johnson was doing unspeakable things to the rest of the field. That stretch from the PGA through the BMW Championship is going to end up costing him, I believe, the Player of the Year award. Uh, I, I think you're right, uh, to be fair. And again, I'm not, make, I'm not making an argument for Justin Thomas because I believe TJ should be the player of the year simply because as we've, we've had this discussion, I, I think the FedEx Cup, at least in the players' mind, and they're the ones that do the voting, it means more now than it has in recent years. We saw that last year where there, is a, there was an investment in Roy McIlroy winning the season-long race that somehow put him above Brooks Kepka, who had clearly performed better in the major championships. So I, I'm going to say that. That being said, that given the truncated season, given the fact that I understand what you're saying, but the, the sample size is so small when you start comparing to what he did at the PGA versus what another guy did at the PGA. Look, you can't just take one. I mean, that's just one week. That's why the major championships that need to be taken, digested as a whole, as four weeks. And if you don't do anything on all four of them, then yes, I think you can say something over the course of a season that he didn't get it done when he needed to. However, when you start talking about one week – he could have showed up with a cold. I mean, let's hope he didn't. He just showed up after winning a WGC event. Uh, well, that's even more ammunition right there. Coming off a win is, is going to be difficult. So all of those things I can make an so argument for. So it sounds like you're voting for Justin Thomas. I am not. No, not, not even a little bit. I, I think Dustin deserves this, and, and there's no two ways about it. And I know that three victories and three, is three victories, and those go head-to-head. -head. But, again, I will go back to last year, and I believe that set the precedent among the players, again, who do the voting – invest more value in the FedEx cup championship than they ever have in the past. And so they're going to look at Dustin Johnson's accomplishment. And I think to the players, it's going to be pretty clear cut. Yeah. And look, we've both of us have a vote for player of the year through the golf Friars association of America. That is a 2020 award. However, we still have 
four months of golf to go. We still have two major championships to go. So there's still a lot to be decided of who would be the 2020 good point. Yeah. Uh, player of the year. But for the 2019-20 PJ Tour season, I certainly think it'll be Dustin Johnson. Uh, no, that's a really good point. I hadn't even thought about that. That that to me is a more interesting conversation that obviously we're going to have down the road. All right, we're going to close it out here with the idea. Again, we have played fantasy football exactly one season, and you care too much. I care too little. You were kicked out. Was it, was were you kicked in. out, or or did you leave uh, voluntarily? I think it's a combination of both. I think I was just I was there done was with your nonsense. Yes, I was done with your nonsense, your arguments, endless endless arguments over snake draft versus. Uh, auction drafts and i tend to just, i tend to rule with an iron fist as commissioner yes you, you do so we're going to do a draft here we're going to we're going to draft five players for next season which begins in exactly in two like days. yeah in like 12 hours um it is tuesday doesn't it start no our, our listeners our listeners could be could be tuning in at any point so eventually could, 12 hours it could will start be 10 minutes from now then yes you, the, the next season starts 10 minutes from now for, for those of you tuned in on thursday so that being said, we're going to draft five players. It's going to be a snake draft. There was, uh, I don't know how you would like to put it. Kaz had his pick numbers, and I think he just did it off the top of his head. So you get the first pick. I get the second pick. Go. All right. Uh, with the first pick of the 2020-2021 PJ Tour draft, uh, I'm going to go with Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas is my pick for the sole reason as I think he will play more times than Dustin Johnson. Playing more events equals more points. I win, you lose. You're up. Oh, wow. All righty. So I'm done. I don't even have to go again. So the way this is going to work out is I get back to back. Uh, I'm going to go with John Rahm uh, for all the same reasons that you actually just said, that I think Dustin's going to have a very, very good year. He's just not going to play as much as a John Rahm or a Dustin, uh, Justin Thomas. And then I'm actually going to uh, throw out a Dustin Johnson for my second pick. So you've got DJ and Rahm. You've got the top two players in the world. Uh, on your roster uh that's the way it worked out yeah okay uh so that means i'm up i'm gonna go with the new girl dad should be roy mcelroy nice um i am interested to, to see how often he plays this fall uh just with his new responsibilities and uh new challenges that he'll be facing and i also think he that's he a wants bit of a gamble I also think he wants to get out of this competitive rut that, that we found himself in before the, I think he finished eighth at Eastlake. He, he'd gone nine straight weeks without a top 10. So I think, I think he's going to try and play his way out of this, but you can never go wrong. I mean, I, I, never go, we're all fans you can, of Roy. You can, never go, you can never go wrong with having Roy on your team. Can you, can right. you, uh, you can, uh, but go on. All right. And so this next pick, I think is going to actually be interesting here. Um, I'll go with, I'll go with Morikawa. I'll go with Morikawa. Oh. I think wow. you could have made a case for him for player of the year this year. And I think having a, a full year as a professional under his belt, seeing golf courses now for the second time, I think he'll be uh, even better than he was in 2020, which was awfully good, obviously, as a major champion. No, I agree. I, I, and look, I think that the ceiling on Morikawa is, is obviously something that we can't imagine right now. I mean, the, the way he performed – this season and it wasn't his rookie year but essentially it was his rookie year i mean it's absolutely amazing uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go a different route and he did actually not have a great season compared to what you might think but xander shafle i think is due for a huge season only because when you every time 
I, I really do. Like he seems to have these ebbs and flows and he kind of goes to sleep for a little while and suddenly he wakes up again in East Lake. And I know six months from now, I'm going to be thinking to myself, why in the world did I pick Xander Schauffele? But I just think that this is going to be the season where he kind of puts it all together. And then uh, after that, I'm going for consistency with Patrick Cantley. Oh, you stole my pick. Ah. And why, do you, why do you want him? Uh, for the reason I just said, consistency. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be the type of player that's going to win you three, four times over the course of the season. I, I don't think he's going to be a player that's going to dominate, but he's not going to go away. He's simply going to be the guy that plays 25 times, and all, out of those 25 weeks, he's going to have a chance to win in 20 of them. All right. I, I, I like that pick. I, I wanted him. Um, so with my fourth pick, I'm going to go with Bryson. I'm a big believer in Bryson. I have been since I covered him in college. Um, I think given more time, he'll be even better with his irons and wedges, which is the part of his game that's, that's lacking right now. He's, he's figured everything else out. And once he dials in that part of his game, um, I think he can be a, a, a danger man. Uh, I'm down to my final pick. Uh, let's see. I'll go with Tony Fee now. Mm-hmm. That's go a good with Tony Fee now. That was Tony. my pick. Yeah, I, I was uh, leaning towards he, that. Look, he's he's won only one tournament, obviously, on the PGA Tour, which was that uh, opposite field event in Puerto Rico in 2016. But nobody has knocked on the door more often than Tony Finau since then. Uh, I think it's, what, 31 top 10s? 30, actually, might be 32 top 10s uh, since his last victory. I like Tony Finau to fill out my roster. Uh, and this is this equivalent of me plus, picking – Plus, he plays a ton. Uh, he does play a ton. He, he really does. Uh, th- my final pick, is, this is the equivalent for me picking Aaron Rodgers in the final round of my draft this year, simply because uh, I'm holding out hope. I, I just think that he could be that special season. I'm going to go with Brooks. And the idea being, I know he's not healthy now. I know he's on the bench. I know. When's he, he going to get healthy? There's no time. Uh, there is no time, which is why I'm kind of hoping he sort of shuts down this fall. Although we know with two major championships, that's wildly unlikely. I, again, I am not in the idea of turning my back on Brooks because I, I, when he won his first major, I thought, well, okay, let me see him do it again. And then he won a second. And I thought, all right, let me see him do it one more time. I, I am out of the Brooks doubting business. And I just think that eventually he does get healthy. Eventually he figures it out. So I'm going to go with Brooks. All right. So to, so to recap here, your, your fantasy roster is Dustin Johnson, John Rom, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley, and Brooks Kefka. I mean, these are – look, I think these are all ranked as the top 15 in the world. Uh, you can't really find faults in, in any of them. I think you took Major Gamble on Brooks, who, as we've mentioned, there is What's no time for pick? him to recover. There's no time for him to have any sort of knee procedure. None. This is None just like fantasy football. You need to put the caveat on there that that was my last pick, and I certainly took a flyer. Absolutely. All right. In, in, why are you taking flyers on guys – when there's more dependable options like Webb Simpson was either, who's still on the board? Webb Simpson was going to be my second option. And, and look, yes. I, Webb can certainly do you went special with things upside. Against you went with upside. I did. I did. I did. Uh, Just like I went with running backs in, in my, uh, my fantasy football That's fine. League. That's you got to load up on running backs. Those guys are workhorses. They are. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, and so, so for my roster. Oh, Cass uh, saying advantage Rex. I love the chat. Advantage Rex. Whatever. Ridiculous comment. My, my roster was Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, Bryson DeChambeau, and Tony Finau. How could you not like that roster? That's I like it. I biggest, don't think there's anything wrong with it. That's three of the biggest hitters in the game. 
uh, in addition to Justin Thomas, who was a viable contender for player of the year this year, and Kyle Morikawa, who was a PGA champion at the ripe age of 23. Uh, very good point by Kaz. When was the last time Tiger was not selected in this type of draft? Probably 2010. No, even when he even missed, he missed, four, he missed four months. Uh, it, and he wasn't even in the conversation. That, that's kind of the point. Yeah, Kaz, it, it, it's, I see what you're 2010, saying. 2011, 2014, 15, 16, 17. I mean, you can go on and on that last decade. All right. So 12 Advantage months Rex, from now. Advantage Rex is what a ridiculous – what is his justification for that? Well, I, I want to see he, one. He's more than welcome. To, to Xander didn't win. Canley didn't win. Kepka didn't win. None of those guys won in 2020. Uh, Kepka returns. Kepka strong. returns. I, strong. I can't keep. I can't. He, he could just. All right. I, I'm done with this. We're, we're finished. Rex here. is, is going to have to use a, an IR spot potentially on uh, potentially on Brooks if his, if his knee doesn't improve. All right. Before we get out of here, you and I both, as we pointed out, we will be in New York next week at Wingfoot for the U.S. Open for the for the year's second major, the season's first major. After 24 hours of quarantine, by the way, it'll be fun. I'll be knocking yes. on the door of your hotel room, making fun of you. Uh, what are you mo- looking forward to most? Uh, should I say high temperatures in the low to mid 70s? Uh, sure, that's should a I, good one. Should I say a winner that is, uh, by all accounts, most likely to be over par? Uh, which is an even tougher test than what the players just faced two weeks ago at Olympia Fields. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the golf course and, and seeing how Phil does in his return there. My hopes are not high, uh, but they're a little bit higher after seeing what he did against the, the old folks on the PGA Tour champions winning a couple weeks ago in the Ozarks. How about you? Uh, I'm, New York area, metro area major championships always bring a different buzz, and clearly we're not going to have that without the fans. We're going to have zero buzz. Yeah, we're going to have zero buzz. That being said, I think Wingfoot is one of those special venues, and not to take anything away from Harding Park, but going to Wingfoot, going to Augusta National later this fall, that in itself, the golf courses are almost part of the attraction in my mind, as much as the golf that actually is played on them. So you go there, you remember the whole, certainly we can sit here and we can talk about what happened to Phil last time on 18, and we're all going to walk over and we're going to look at the spot where the corporate tent was and all the things he could have done. And so I think that in itself is what I'm looking forward to most. When you get to one of these golf courses that has history, has hosted major championships, and it's things that you remember that you can go through hand in, you know, hand, in hand, that, that's probably what I'm looking forward to most. I'm also looking forward to the at-home COVID test, uh, which should be arriving any day now. And what do we have to do, Zoom with a doctor? You Zoom to, with a doctor? To, you, uh, to you see, spit to see if there's no funny business going on? That's right. And then you send it off, and then when we fly in, we uh, – we, we have 24 hours to wait for that test to come back. I hope, I hope nothing happens on uh, Monday and Tuesday of tournament week because we, we might be quarantining in our, in our courtyard Marriott. Golf in 2020. We'll talk to you next week. This has been the Golf Central Podcast presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim Driver. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Want to make mom's day? 
Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.